Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Happy return of the NFL day. It's the first day proper of the new season. I know the first day of the season is sometime you know, back in May or something, but this is the first day of the season proper. We have actual football, 44-year-old Tom Brady playing his 75th game since turning 40. Yes, I did the maths on it. Uh, going up against the Dallas Cowboys uh, tonight in the season opener. And so we are back and we are back with a bang because not only do we have myself, Will Gavin, Will G, we also have Mr. Will B with us as well. Rocking a Super Bowl hoodie today. I am rocking the well. hoodie today, but I also rock the glasses in honor of you. Oh, but still <laughs> my beating heart, Will Black. You can have How Will G and Will B and not have matching shades. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to start coordinating these outfits, mate, because you're in a hoodie, sat in your hotel room in London, looking all, you know, somehow you look more suave than me, despite the fact that I bothered to, you know, get really dressed up for the occasion. Well, you and do. That's, you're, that's a, you're, a bla- you're a blazer guy. That's just your thing. You know, actually, I did bring some blazers. So next episode, be on the lookout. Love it. Love it. Uh, Will is out here in the UK, ready to do some TV, ready to do some media out here. Still quarantining at the moment, but uh, I hope we'll be able to get together. I'm smashing these these COVID tests, by the way. Absolutely lighting (laughs) these guys up. They keep swabbing my nose and my throat, and they are not finding any evidence of viruses. Okay, so they can keep trying. I'm just going to sit here and knock back these beers and, and just pass these COVID tests. So it's all good. But yeah, I'm here. I'm in town. I'll be on. You'll see me on Sky Sports this weekend. So, uh, yeah, talking about the upcoming season like I am now. Are you getting competitive about COVID tests? Is that how much of a sport? You know, it became it became that it became that because I was passing them fine. And then, you know, uh, there's a whole kind of protocol things where I understand. Yes, I'm I'm a foreigner in this case. And they want to say, hey, what do you got? I'm like, hey, keep keep bringing them. You know, I actually ordered more tests i was supposed to only order three i ordered six just to just to be a little arrogant okay i was like ah here's another one you know measure that <laughs> it's one of the least enjoyable experiences that you can have on your own uh, i can't believe you keep doing it we are also joined for this show as well by the editor of gridiron magazine ahead of the new season liam blackburn is with us as well uh liam have you been banging out covid tests left right and center or is that just a will <laughs> you know what thing? i am i am the i absolutely hate them it's like having a child when it's getting done i'm like screaming god knows what my neighbors think is going on kind of every time i have one but i despise them i do not want to do any additional tests so you can keep those additional tests well not for me i do actually okay. have three more sitting over here on my desk just in case uh, <laughs> are you going to do one live? Are we going to get to watch? Uh, <laughs> uh, do you know what? It's not safe for work. That's Turn a good idea. I might go on it. Instagram live and swab <laughs> my nose. However, the only the only issue is I have to wait for my results. It's not instant. So uh, let's talk about the new season. We're going to tip over tonight a little bit because some people won't listen to this till Friday, till Saturday, to looking ahead to the weekend. But we're going to pick out some of the things we're looking forward to most this season. A dark horse team. Someone you think maybe could struggle more than people think uh, a couple of breakout candidates and of course we will be making our Super Bowl picks because there's nothing people enjoy more than looking back on how stupid we were uh, back earlier in the year uh, we're going to be doing this uh, on a weekly basis we're getting some great guests on uh, we talk, spoke with DeForest Buckner this past week are we putting any DeForest Buckner in the podcast we're we putting that out separately I'm getting a nod from Liam so we're we getting yeah. DeForest Buckner on this show is that the, we're going to get um, I haven't told Harry yet but that, there's a bit of it amazing going in yet. great producer Harry he knows no, now. <laughs> uh, I had I had a great chat with DeForest actually, and obviously it hurts me as a 49ers fan 
uh, to look at that team and get you know excited about what they've got on defense. But he was an absolute gent. He spoke brilliantly. I'm really hyped for what they're going to be able to achieve on that side of the ball. I, I even told him at the end, I'm kind of rooting for him this, this year, except when he goes up against the 49ers because they have got the NFC West this season. Um, I, in fact, that kind of it leads us on a little bit. I, I was going to go into maybe a bit of a dark horse team, but let's just start off with, Top line, what we're looking forward to most this season. What has got you on what is basically Christmas Eve right now, getting absolutely jumping through hoops, excited to see over this next year. I'm going to come to you first on this, Will. Uh, listen, okay, soon as I saw the transaction, I lost my cool. <laughs> is this Cristiano took- Ronaldo again? <laughs> <laughs> no, but is another aging superstar. I was so excited, guys. I think I took another COVID test. It was Matt Stafford going to the Rams. That is beyond excitement for me. I played against Matt Stafford when he was in Detroit and I was in Green Bay and when I was in Washington. And just watching him from afar or, or just going up against him, you're like, goodness, like this dude is legit. Like there's nothing he can't do. His, his arm is unreal. He can put the football wherever he wants. Uh, he's the ultimate gamer. He's super competitive and, and he's, he's tough to game plan. The, the problem was, was his team, you know, the organization, they just, just couldn't get it done. I mean, you, you got two hall of famers that retired prematurely because of the organization, but I feel like Matt Stafford going to the Rams is, is not only going to help him in his career, but it's exactly what the Rams need. I feel like they're, they're still a Super Bowl contender. And I think what happened was with, with Jared Goff, perhaps the, the jury was out. You know, I think everyone found out, like, look, we're not scared of this guy. He, he's, he's not going to hurt us. But Stafford, in the right situation, can do damage. I, I look at that offense, right, the, the Shanahan-style offense, McVay, LaFleur. We saw what Aaron Rodgers did in Green Bay with a new offense, with that Shanahan style, you know, one MVP. That's something that I believe Matt Stafford can do. So I'm excited to see what Matt Stafford does on the Rams this year. I think the thing is, is people will uh, hail Sean McVay as uh, as a genius of, of his art, as a, it clearly seems like a, a great players coach. They get you on know, You know, you know what he is though? Sean, Sean, he works super hard. Oh yeah. That's the, that's the thing about it is he's not some crazy like wizard or guru. He just works really, really, really hard and, and finds ways to put his teams in the best situation. But what I will say about Sean McVay, Liam, is uh, I desperately want to play him at poker because he's not good at hiding his true feelings. And the difference in his behavior towards his quarterback in every press conference, every interview went out on the field over these past few months, he's like a giddy little school child. Like, honestly, he could not be more happy about the Matt Stafford effect that it's having on the team, about what he's going to be able to scheme for him, about what they're going to be able to achieve. He's not hiding it well. And there is a real potential there with three great wide receivers, it's going to be interesting to see what um, what they can achieve on the defensive side of the ball, losing Brandon Staley, Raheem Morris uh, coming in and, and taking over uh, defensive coordinator duties, which is so big when you've got basically an offensive coordinator for a head coach. And can the line stay up? You know, Andrew Whitworth is now almost as old as Tom Brady. Like there's a few, there's a big question marks there. And yet I think Liam, I might agree with Will. I like yeah, I think McVay is, is happy that he finally has a quarterback that he can work with versus teaching. 
You know, yeah. I think I think that's the biggest thing he's excited for. Yeah, totally. It got towards the end of last year, and you know, it was blatantly obvious the writing was on the wall. Um, Goff obviously played that playoff game against Seattle, but it, even at that point, um, McVay wasn't particularly pleased about rolling him out there. You know, there was a game against Seattle in the regular season where he was missing. You know, he wasn't picking up plays with his legs, and as as you said there, well, it, it it very much became like a situation where it was he he felt like he was coaching Goff every week to do his playbook, whereas now it's almost as if he's got an equal, someone that understands exactly what he wants to do, that can go out there is a veteran and can and execute. And you know. I know they've lost Cam Akers, but I think the running game will be fine. I think they can. They but can that was a huge Liam. That's a that was a huge loss. I had Cam Akers. We'll get to that later. He was going to be my breakout player. I had yeah. him pinned for like 1,500 yards. I don't know if I mean. Hopefully the run game will be fine, but that was a huge loss. Anyhow, continue. It is. It is. I, I I just think schematically that they they can make things work in that system, and um, especially with the. The thing that the passing game is going to open up, you know, you bring in someone like Deshaun uh, Jackson, who's going to right. immediately give you more space underneath. Cooper Cup's one of the best receivers in the league. Robert Woods, I think um, Tyler Higby possibly has a breakout year this year. And as you mentioned, on the side of the ball, well, defensively, you know, they have lost Brandon Staley from that number one unit, but you've still got Aaron Donald. You've still got Jalen Ramsey. You've still got Williams at cornerback. You know, they've not lost any of those pieces there. So... I a uh, little spoiler looking ahead, but I, I fancy the Rams to go all the way and go to the Super Bowl, even even in that difficult division in the West. That Getting is tough. Ahead of yourself. Uh Liam, what are you looking forward to in this new season? Yeah, it's it's rookie quarterbacks. Um, as a Jets fan, kind of huge excitement about seeing Zach Wilson. I know you two were were on that train after the draft and were excited about what the Jets did picking up um Wilson, then Elijah Vera Tucker and Elijah Moore in, in the second round. And the reports of Elijah Moore coming out of training camp have just been that this guy is absolutely special. You know, it looks good in preseason. Um, I've been impressed with everything I've seen and heard from, from Robert Salah so far. And then obviously Tony Romo's comments last week about Zach Wilson comparing him to Mahomes and saying it's not going to be very long before we see him as a, a top three, top five quarterback in this league. I think as a Jets fan, you're naturally kind of pessimistic about kind of something will go wrong at some point. We've already lost Kyle Lawson <laughs> for the season. You know, these things happen. Um, Don't think I, like that, Liam. You well, I'm, I'm just like ingrained that. into thinking that down the years. But, you know, I'm just excited to kind of see what that offense does. And then obviously Trevor Lawrence, has, there's been so much hype coming out around him. I'm kind of curious to see how Urban Meyer fares in the NFL. And, and obviously Mac Jones are going to have three um, rookies starting week one, which I think is only the second time since... Since 1970, the last time was 2012 when you had Luck, Griffin, Wilson, uh, Brandon Whedon, remember him, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Um, and then obviously the other two as well, Justin Fields and, and Trey Lance, who we won't see starting week one, but I can't imagine it's going to be too many weeks. And I imagine you're incredibly excited too, Will, about seeing the Trey, Trey in the Bay. The yes. Trey Lance packages are already in my mind going to just ignite Trey Lance is not playing this weekend forget about it Will all right? <laughs> this is Jimmy's team all right until he gets I, injured I think I think there's I think there's packages I think we're really, gonna hey, see really something. quick before we get to your excitement Will I'm gonna cut you off pop quiz for you too all right all right then since August 1st what are the top five selling jerseys now, okay, here's here's one I'm going to throw out like a massively left. You want you guys one. want a hint? Uh, is Tim Tebow still in the list? Because he was in the <laughs> list earlier in the offseason. No. Maybe you laugh. Back in July, there was like a thing yeah. where Tim Tebow's jersey was. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's all, it's all quarterbacks. 
Right, okay. So is uh, is is Mac Jones one? Because I'm thinking that Patriots fans might have got on that bad Mac wagon. Jones is on the list. Yes, one nil. Um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's on the list. Mahomes. Mahomes is on the list. Oh, Rogers. It's like sudden death. Rogers is not on the list. <laughs> Trey Lance. Trey Lance is not on the list. Justin Fields. Justin Fields is on the list. Uh, Come on, to all. We got one more, guys. This is easy. Missed. This is the number one selling jersey in the do we, NFL. Do we buzz in or do we keep going back and forth? Guys, Josh Allen. Wow. wow. <laughs> nice. That's okay. Crazy. So, yeah, like so in it, order, it's Josh Allen, number one, Mac Jones, number two. Mm-hmm. It's because they now know. Brady, three, Fields, four, Mahomes, five. Mm-hmm. All right. So... I am excited, and this is, this hurts. This hurts me to say this. I'm excited to watch the New England Patriots. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, but we've got a Jets fan, and we've got myself that has had a long-standing dislike of the New England Patriots, and the fact that if Mac Jones goes on to be a Hall of Fame quarterback after we all got very, very angry about the idea the 49ers might have moved up to take him. Honestly, just with the returning pieces, with the, the guys that are coming back after opting out last year, particularly in the linebacking core with the quarterback of their defense in Dante Hightower, in Kyle Van Noy, and, and honestly... And Bill, not just... Bill spent so much damn money this offseason. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. He spent money, and the thing is, I, is I honestly, I think Matt Judon might be the most Bill Belichick ready player that they've ever brought in in like a in free agency or a trade. It just feels like he slots right in there. I think they're going to be on an absolute demolition tour of proving people wrong after last year. And if Matt Jones lives up to anything like his preseason was, I think they're going to be really good to watch, even if I'll be bored of it again by about week. Listen, you for week be, one, you, I'm excited. You won't to see be it. bored on October 4th. When Tom comes to town, <laughs> that's what I'm. That's the only game I'm looking forward to this year. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> that's the only game you're looking that's forward it. to this year. That's it's it. Tampa Bay in New England. Yes. All right. Well, you're not allowed to watch any more football other than that. Uh, let's talk about dark horse teams for this year. Someone who you think's a little bit off the radar. I've already kind of maybe given my mind away. I, I, when I said the Colts are a dark horse team, I just don't. There are some people who really don't expect them to do well because of the problems at the quarterback position. I think it just shows how good they are when they're all pro guard and their quarterback that they've brought in, they've, they've lost Phil Rivers, and yet people should still be counting them in with a real good playoff chance. The defense is just so good. Matt Eberflus is just so good. I'm not going to stick on it for too long because I rambled about it a bit earlier, and we're going to hear a little bit later from DeForest Buckner. Maybe I'm just sucking up to DeForest because he was a lovely man. But I'm going to have to uh, a large man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not a man you want to fight with, that's for sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know what? I, I want to say they're they're off the radar. They're, they're not off, off the radar. They're, they're just, not off, you know, off the, yeah. They're just you know, sitting slightly off the edge waiting to waiting to make an impact. So I and I, I like them, but yeah, the injuries definitely made, made me a huge concern. I had them a lock when in the AFC South, but then gosh, everything just happened, TY going down and you know, Carson, he's not 100%. Quentin Nose is not 100%, but I love the defense. Uh, my team, this hurts me to say this <laughs> big time because I couldn't stand them forever. The Minnesota Vikings, I, I, just, I just feel like 
they are solid everywhere. Uh, receiver, they're good. Running back, they're good. Quarterback, they're good. Vaccine numbers, not so good. Yeah, they'll be all right. Um, oh, yeah, listen, I got three tests right here for Kurt. <laughs> um, and then you, you go to defense, you know, they, they bring in Patrick Peterson, um, which was... Uh, I love Patrick Peterson. Is he not past it at this point? Come on, Will, you played the position. No, no, a but, point but, where, he, but here's, you know, here's it, the thing. It, Last year, a big problem was I'm going to blame his helmet okay he wore he wore the most hideous helmet you can wear and i think that set him back tremendously if you look at his previous years he wore a different helmet and then i actually complained to his his friend on twitter about it bmac who went to florida state and played for the steelers um and he was like be on the lookout will patrick peterson is going back to his old helmet and i got excited so but they also, they, but they're getting also a veteran presence back there at cornerback. You know, then they also signed Bashar Beelan, who, you know, had a, a who has a pretty good career. So they have veterans in the backfield. They obviously have, um, you know, tons of guys around there. Harrison Smith. So I just, I just feel like overall, yes, no one's really talking about them. Obviously, they're in the, the north with the Packers. But I just feel like they're they're a solid team all over the place, and they could make some noise. You know, late in the season, I, 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 their defense needs to take a big step up from where it was last year, and it was such a rock solid unit. You know, they were returning the same starters year in year out for three, four years, and maybe that became part of the problem. Yeah, and, and the issue refreshing. was that corner. That's where the issues were, and they go and get two veterans who, who will. It's, it's not so much you're looking for guys to lock down the outsides. You're looking for guys who understand situational football, who are going to be where they're supposed to be. You know. Like they're gonna to listen to Harrison Smith. They're gonna know exactly what he's saying, what to do. Uh, Patrick Peterson's a Hall of Fame cornerback. Rashard Breland has, you know, he's a Super Bowl champion. He's played on really good teams and has done well for himself. So I think, I think they're gonna be fine. I'm excited for them. That's my dark. That's why you're a dark horse. Well, you're not supposed to agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I didn't fair. say they were the favorites. Yeah, I yeah, said yeah, they're yeah. a dark horse. <laughs> All right, Liam, come on. Yeah, I'm buying into the Chargers hype. I mean, I feel like you could have replayed this across the past five years every time around this time of the year, but I just think there's so much talent on that team. You know, they went seven and nine last year, seven losses by one score. I didn't think they were a bad team last year. I think coaching-wise, they lost a lot of games based on game management, that kind of thing. I think Brandon Staley, I was really impressed with, with what he did in LA. Okay, he won't have Aaron Donald and um, Jalen Ramsey, but He's got Joey Bosa up front and the back end doing James is back and healthy now. He could have a huge year with that defense. And I look at you look at the offense and Justin Herbert's season last year almost went under the radar. He came in with about five seconds notice playing against the Super Bowl champions. He came in after an offseason in which there was a, a COVID-affected offseason, so he didn't get any first team reps. He was absolutely light out, lights out. He shattered a load of rookie records. And I, I just think that team, they've, they've real, re, rebuilt the line. I brought Corey Lindsay from the Packers. They've got Rashawn Slater, who they drafted at left tackle. Uh, Matt Filo is a good veteran presence. They brought him from the Steelers. And I, I just I just think that team could really take the next level. Now, you look at kind of guys like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and the kind of the leaps they took in year two. And I really think that Herbert's going to go, have a season where he's kind of in the top three, five quarterbacks. And even in a division with the Chiefs, I think that might be good enough to put the Chargers in, in a 
in one of those wild card spots at least. And then like, I think they could make make um, noise in the playoffs too. Which is, which is, I should also point out, the other team I quite like, which not a lot of people are talking about from a defensive perspective, is the Broncos. Because I think last year, again, a lot of injuries really hurt. And you look at Vic Fangio, one of the best defensive coordinators and the, the defensive minds in the league, obviously, as a head coach. He now has a backfield which includes... Uh, Fuller, Satan, who they drafted in the first round, Ronald Darby, they brought over, Justin Simmons, who they gave a big contract to in the offseason. They are absolutely loaded. Kareem Jackson on the back end. You get Von Miller back with Bradley Chubb. That could be a top five defence. And then on offence, Cortland Sutton's back. I expect Jerry Judy to make a bit of a leap forward this year. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who can win you games. He's not going to light up the stat sheet with that kind of stuff, but I think he's a guy who can win you games. He's got weapons there. And I think the Broncos... And charges in a really difficult AFC could could both get wild cards to be honest. Listen, it's it's a great division. If it stays healthy, it's a great division, which also has the Las Vegas Raiders in it. That's true. And I, I should point out that the Chargers, I thought about this yesterday and I was like, I'm gonna talk about the Chargers and my Dark Horse team. Woke up this morning, Twitter notification from Adam Schefter. Uh, Austin Eckler didn't practice yesterday because of a hamstring injury. And I thought, here we go. It's already happened three days before the season starts. The bad juju is around. Yeah. But for now, I'm buying him. What about strugglers? Because that's a dark horse that we expect to come up. What about teams that, like, people are kind of also almost automatically put into the playoffs, whether it's because they are, you know, uh, up against a weak division, like any of the NFC East guys, or whether it's because they are an ever-present, for example. Certainly, that's the direction I'm going with mine. Yeah, Who's someone that you think might struggle a little bit this year? I guess you will be. You know what? Again, this is, this is going to pain me to say this. That's 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 our that's our go-to, right? But it's your Niners, man. We we are a real podcast of pain, Will Blackburn, and you have delivered a dagger to my heart. It's just it's the San Francisco 49ers. I just they keep saying they're a quarterback away, they're still Super Bowl contenders. I got them finishing dead last in the NFC West. Are you serious? Dead last in the NFC West. Yeah, I just feel like... Behind um, the Arizona Cardinals, coached by a man-child who has no idea what he's doing and an offense which is (laughs) the blandest in the NFL. But it's exciting because it's got a great name. Yes, coached by a teacher assistant. Kyler Murray could be MVP this year and the the Cardinals still won't win more than eight or nine games. All right, I'm just letting you know. I think the the hype is too high. I just don't I just don't know. I, I agree with you. The hype is too high in terms of like people sending us straight back to the Super Bowl. After Listen, Will, a down Will, year. That, Will, that's this, Will, this is my assessment, Will. OK, this is my assessment. You back away. All right? <laughs> I know this is your team and, and this is personal for you, but I'm letting you know they could struggle. Could. The question is, could struggle. They could. They will. They brought back, I think for me, they brought back a surprising number of the defensive starters considering where they were contractually. Like, but again, the, guys... the secondary is a huge issue. See, the thing is, they brought back both starting safeties, which wasn't looking likely. Emmanuel Mosley was brilliant last year. Jason Verrett was surprisingly brilliant last year considering the injury worries. He's clearly very talented. Right. I think as a one-two punch at linebacker, as good as most other teams in the league, and the pass rush looked really good last year. It's whether or not the scheme st- stays up to it, whether D'Amico Ryans can do it. The the other corner is a problem and has consistently been, you know, they're hoping that um, uh, Ambry Thomas, the guy that they got in the third round, is, is going to be a plug-and-play starter. But I don't know if you saw, they went out and got Josh Norman in the last couple of days. There's like a veteran presence there. Right, so, which which made me think like, okay, we were a little concerned with our yeah, depth, right? Yeah. You know? 
I, I think, you know, from, from my perspective, a lot is going to be on how exciting the offense can be. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch this year. I'm not predicting them to go back to the Super Bowl. However, what I am predicting <laughs> is for them to finish second, second. in the NFC West. Yeah. Old. The LA Rams winning it. The Cardinals finishing bottom. And the team ahead of the who are going to struggle Despite there's most no, people thinking not that they Seattle. are a good team, it's not Seattle. Is the Seattle Seahawks? It is not Seattle. There's no way. There's well, no well, way. Well, this is my opinion. How <laughs> like this is all, this is also an annual tradition. I pick the Seahawks every year, and then Russell Wilson pulls something out of his backside, and we end up. They didn't look like a great team last year. Yet again, they didn't look like a great team last year, and that's been the case for most of the last five years. But between great quarterback play and somehow pulling something together on defense every year they get to the playoffs and then they stumble. But I will say, I will say, I will say, I'm excited to see what Shane Waldron can do with Russell Wilson and whether we see a more imaginative scheme there because they're, what they do have is insane receiving talent. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf might be just ridiculously underrated when it comes to a one-two putt punch in the nfl oh here you go let's soften it up with some uh <laughs> no i like i like watching them. i'm one of those guys who i i enjoy watching them i just hate when they win uh i'll still pick them in fantasy i'm not like one of those guys i have a friend who's like the top bears running back could fall to the eighth round for some bizarre reason and ollie hunter won't pick him because he plays for the bears oh my gosh i i'm not that guy but i am not buying the seahawks i'm not liam <laughs> Will uh, Will be's taken over. He's, he's just done, with <laughs> and it's probably he's for the best. To be honest, it's probably for the best. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see how this one goes down. Um, I'm going to go for the Steelers. Um, for, fourteen years of the Mike Tomlin era, they've never been below five hundred. I think that changes this year. They obviously started eleven and zero last year, but then went one and five down the stretch. Lost that. Guys, we game. said who's going to struggle? Not bold predictions. You guys are nuts. Wow, well, here we go. Here? One and five down the stretch. Obviously, lost to Cleveland in that home playoff game. I thought the offense towards the end of the season looked like it ran out of ideas. Big Ben looked his age. They couldn't get the running game going. You look at that offensive line, which was bad last year, and they've completely revamped that now. They've lost Villanueva, who's now at Baltimore. Marquis Pouncey retired. David DeCastro was released. Matt Filer's gone to the Chargers. They've lost an awful lot of, of pieces on that offensive line and obviously drafted Najee Harris. Right, they got running. one returning starter on the Exactly. Line. And you could look at it two ways. You could look at it and say, okay, it was bad last year. They were banged up. They were injured, so they needed to do something. But I just think you've lost an awful lot of veteran presence on that in that group. And I think it's going to be a big ask for them to kind of get that running game going. Wide receiver-wise, you know, Juju tested the free agent market. There wasn't really any, any interest in him. One of those three receivers, him, Johnson, or Chase Claypool, kind of needs to step up and be a, a true number one for that Big Ben offense to, to work. But the biggest thing for me, and this kind of gets forgotten about a little bit when people do predictions, is it's a strength of schedule. And I'm looking, looking through at who Pittsburgh play. On the road this year, they face Buffalo, Green Bay, Cleveland, the Chargers, the Bengals, who they lost to last year when Ryan Finley was at quarterback. The Vikings, who Will likes. The Chiefs and the Ravens. I mean, they could easily lose six or seven of those games. And, you know, that, that easily puts you below below 500 this year. I just think it's a really tough division. I like Cleveland. I like Baltimore. And I think that because they obviously uh, won their division last year, they kind of face these tough teams like Kansas City uh, and Buffalo um, on the road. And I just think it's really difficult for them to get back to, to 500 this year. 
should we should we start getting back on the same page a bit, or is this? Uh, <laughs> uh, have we fallen out for good now, Will? Because you don't like it. What I will say is that I, I'm on this Seahawks bandwagon every year, and I keep failing on it. It's like people who keep predicting Tom Brady's going to fail. You've got to stop, and yet I can't. I can't. I can't stop myself, Will. I'm sorry. However, you think Seahawks are going to struggle when they never struggle? I have been on the. And you think that I've been on the Steelers, Steelers. going to be under 500 when? They have never been under 500 under Tomlin. Correct. I, I have been on the Tomlin bandwagon before on the they're going to struggle bandwagon a few years ago. And, uh, yeah, I... You guys think they're going to go so, from yeah, starting 11-0 and, and crumbling to going under 500. There's... Starting 11-0 and crumbling badly, though. They did crumble really badly. Really badly. Well, blame, blame TikTok. <laughs> yeah, but it's TikTok's not gone anywhere. It's still there. He's running across freight still. It's still happening. I think they they will there will be some growing pains for sure. If they can clean up the drops, that was a huge issue for them last year. And Juju needs to show up. But I just believe the defense will keep those keep those games close. Um, where they could probably win late and have some low-scoring games. The defense, just overall, I think they're just that good. I mean, the, the TJ Watt thing's kind of been underreported as well, but he wants a new deal. That hasn't been signed yet, and they famously don't uh, negotiate during the season. So that's kind of hanging over them as well. I just think there's there's a real potential this year for them to have a slight dip. I don't expect them to be terrible, but I just think under 500 for the first time in the Tom Lanier was a real possibility this year. And just coming back to the Seahawks one more time. No. Contract. <laughs> uh, they did manage to get Dwayne Brown signed. He was doing one of these new hold-ins that people have started doing where they turn up and they kind of go to the weight room. So they're there and they're reporting, but they're not training properly. Um, yeah. So he, you know, there's another reason to be maybe positive about that rubbish football team. Uh, let's talk Gosh. about... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not. Uh, let's talk about breakout candidates for the 2021 season. Now, breakout-wise, I, I kind of think we should swerve away from rookies. I think it's looking at the, the people who two, three, four, even four years into their career and have a chance of suddenly turning up and putting in a... Maybe not all pro but pro Bowl oh we might agree we might agree season. on something here will we might agree on something <laughs> well let's find out will be you go first my guy sam donald Ooh, okay I, sorry leo it's okay <laughs> look sometimes you just need a fresh start you know I, I, people look at sam and they criticize his ability or whatever he did, but he was just in a place where it was a lose-lose situation. Sometimes the effect of an organization can affect the team, can affect everybody else. I've been in situations where everything was going well and the organization was going well. We had great GMs, great coaches, and it trickled down to the players. We had just good positive energy everywhere. And I've been in situations where it wasn't like that and it was really hard to play football. Um, I just feel like this is really going to light a fire under Sam going to Carolina. You have Matt Rule, who's still a new coach, trying to prove himself. You got a new OC and, and Joe Brady, who is trying to prove himself. You have a lot of hungry, inspired individuals over there who are all trying to prove themselves. And I think that is the perfect environment for Sam Donald. And he's very cool. He's, he's very relaxed, man. He's, he's very excited about just being out of that situation in this new opportunity. 
I, I feel like this could be the year where it's, where it's like, damn, dude, okay, Sam has played himself into a contract situation. He's they're playing the Jets this week, so he's absolutely going to go off for like 500 yards, <laughs> six touchdowns. Robbie Anderson is going to have know. 400 I, yards. That's going to be tough because I here's the thing: sometimes, sometimes you have to look beyond the talent and and see who's leading them. You know, I, I love Coach Robert Sala. I I was with him in Seattle, and I was with him in Jacksonville, and we maintained a really good friendship. And the biggest thing for him is like putting guys in the right situation and getting the best out of people. So they're going to be super competitive. Will they win? Who knows? But they're going to be competitive. I think it's, it's a it's a nice fixture first up for him in terms of, you know, you were talking now, Will, about the, the veteran presence that Minnesota brought in in the secondary. The Jets are really, really green at cornerback. Now, we saw how well Salah did with the guys in San Francisco, but you've got a starting guy in Brandon Eccles, who's a rookie. Michael Carter's a rookie. He's going to play the slot corner slot. And then you've got, um, they released Bless Austin and Bryce Hall's now on the other side, who's only starting his second year. That's that's a really green group of corners right. to kind of like expect to hold up. So I expect the Jets will have a few teething problems just while they kind of find things out. And I think it's a nice first game for, for Donald to get going. I, I Yeah, I, for me, I'm to come to the, the Jets mention, I just think they've lost too much on, on defense over this preseason. I, I'm worried for Robert Salah's first season there, and I'm a huge fan. You know, I don't know him personally like Will does, but I've had the joy of speaking to him a couple of times, and, and I couldn't speak more highly of him. But I think it's going to be a, uh, I think it's going to be a tough road this first year. Um, and but, uh, but as it should, as it should. Here's the thing yeah. for, for Liam and Jets fans: every every organization. Every good organization, it starts from the top, right? The, the foundation, I, I say, is upstairs because usually in most buildings, the executive offices are upstairs, the GM's owner, all that stuff. Joe Douglas has three Super Bowl rings, the new general manager. So he's, he has seen what it looks like, you know, with the Ravens and the Eagles when they've won. And you bring in Salah, who has seen, you know, what it looks like to, to get there. And they're they are slowly but surely just reconstructing this team for the long run you know that's that's how i knew they were going to draft a quarterback you know and and move on from sam because when you get a young talented qb like that then guess what the the plan is now okay they're going to roll this year see what happens and the next year we're going to break the bank and just bring a bunch of talent in while we have him under his rookie deal so my thing is i'm just very i'm just excited and very confident that you know they're going to take care of this team so yeah this year will be interesting who knows? But they have the capital for next year. Yeah, one 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 quick point on the Jets side. They they projected to. <laughs> we're all, we're almost talking about this the Gridiron Jets podcast. This point, yeah. yeah. Um, they're projected to have the youngest uh, starters on offense and defense of the entire league, just over twenty three. Which you know just it goes to show you that it's going to be there's going to be a lot of teething problems this year. And any Jets fan that thinks they're going to win eight games, it's not going to happen. But you just want to see progress. You just want to see. Good stuff from your quarterback. Good stuff from your new head coach, and and that would be I'd be happy with that this season. Will G is picking Antonio Gibson of the Washington Football Team. All right, Liam, who you got? CD Lamb. <laughs> Both in the NFC East. There we go. CD Lamb. Yeah, I think That's he's going to have easy. a monster year. Well, maybe a lot of people <laughs> predicted him, but you've got. I think he's going to have like a top five wide receiver year this year. I think you he's going to so? put up. Yeah, I think they're going to be massive. I mean, he was playing really well with Dak before they got the injury in that rookie season. And 
everything you hear at our camp is he's just been absolutely lights out this year and i fully expect him to be i don't know i don't know i feel like i feel like maybe amari cooper might feel somewhat slighted and michael gallup of course uh, I like Michael, but I think Amari at one point was like one of the dudes. He's got his so. very specific role within the offense. He's that outside guy. He can stretch the field and he's, he, you need him in there and he'll make some big plays. But I'm with you. CD Lamb's, you know, we do too many of these comparisons. But if someone's going to fill a Des Bryant role of just being the go-to guy over the middle, being the big body guy, I like it. I like he's it. He's not a big body. CD is tiny. Is he tiny? I thought he was yes. quite stocky, though. No way. He, um, he actually, I'm wrong, then. He actually <laughs> needed to put on some muscles. I'm wrong, then. That's fine. I'm all right with it. <laughs> I'm all right with it. He's built uh, like Luca Modric. <laughs> this <like> is... <laughs> <laughs> he is not built like Luca Modric. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is all falling apart. Uh, <laughs> I am going to, I, I'm just going to justify my pick momentarily. Uh, I actually nearly had Washington as my, um, as my dark horse team uh, because the defense was already excellent last year. And I think it looks like it's going to be stronger going into this year. Uh, I, their line is just insane. And I just, Ryan Fitzpatrick just works for me in what their offense want to do. And I think that like Terry McLaurin could have been my pick. He's already a fantasy darling and like football heads love him, but I think he could turn into like a, a proper number one receiver in terms of numbers. You've got Curtis Samuel there, Adam Humphreys. It's like a, a, a sneakily loaded uh, offense. I, I think Washington's going to be really good this year. So that's your Super win. Bowl pick? Washington, might, Washington football team? Washington football team, your Super Bowl pick. Yeah. You guys heard it first. Will G, yeah. like, where's I'm going to Twitter right now? It'll be Washington. <laughs> it'll be Washington against the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship. <laughs> uh, it's obviously not going to be that, but we should no. do our Super Bowl picks. Um, so, boys, who we got? Liam, I'll come to you first. Uh, I've already told you that the the Rams, I think, are going to make it all the way there. I mean. It's hard, it's hard to sort of pick anyone in the NFC outside of the Bucks based on the fact that they've brought everyone back. They should only be better in year two of Brady. But I just think that it's very, very difficult, and Will will be able to speak about this, uh, to, to return as a Super Bowl champion. No one's in it since those 2003, 2004 Patriots. You have to have everything go right. <laughs> wow, that's a very good point. But, you know, everyone needs to be healthy. Everything needs to go right for you. It's very difficult for that to happen two years in a row, and I really like Stafford in, in that offense, so I'm going to go Rams on that side. AFC-wise, there's a lot of teams I like, but I just think the Chiefs, having addressed their major need this offseason, which was the offensive line, completely revamping that. I'm going to be interested to see how they get on week one against Cleveland. You've got a good defense. You've got three rookies on that line now, but I think they've addressed their problem, and I'm, I expect the Chiefs to be back there again. Very good. Three in a row. Three you know what, guys? I have a Super Bowl rematch. I got the Bucks and Chiefs again. The Bucks return everybody. And I saw something interesting. Um, there was an interview with Shady McCoy, LaShawn McCoy. And he was saying that what Tom Brady, his, his greatest gift is that he makes everyone believe that they can win. Like you can be, he said, you can come in and be signed today. And then and as soon as you meet Tom Brady, you automatically think you're going to go win the Super Bowl. And so not only did they bring back that team, but they're, they're so close. The, the players and the staff and 
the whole organization is, is super close and they're more mature and they understand each other more. And they're getting back, you know, OJ Howard, they're getting back. Uh, everyone is healthy They're They, I think a sleeper signing for them is Giovanni Bernard from the Bengals. I think he's going to do for the bucks what you know, what James White did for him in new England, you know, stuff like that. So I, I just, I see the bucks going right back, not even slowing down. I, I think they're going to mop Dallas um, in, in the game. And I do think the Chiefs are going to – they are going to struggle. Actually, I had the Browns upsetting them in week one. The Browns have not won an opener in like 16 years. But I do have the Browns upsetting them in week one. But at the end of the day, you're going to get the Bucks, Chiefs, Bucks repeat. There we go. Yeah. Skip forward to February. It's done. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, well gee, I know. Well, you got Washington football team and the, uh, <laughs> and the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> Blimey. Super Bowl seven. Is that what it was? I think what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, wonderful. Wonderful. So who's your AFC? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not picking Washington for the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, you said the Bucs. Uh, no, I didn't. I, I, I was talking about why I don't think the Bucs will go there. I just never got a chance to, to actually say it. I am taking a Green Bay Packers Buffalo Bills Super Bowl. Two teams we've not talked about once on the podcast yet, but I like them both a lot. Packers have been to the NFC Championship game the last two years, and they finally get over the hump. And I think that Buffalo are just the most well-rounded team. Their and new defense gets them over the hump. Their new defense gets yeah, them done. The NFC is so much weaker than the AFC. I think that they can get out of there. They'll face the but Seattle it- Seahawks in... <laughs> <laughs> You said that I go into the playoff. Yeah, no, I know, I know. But if you if you hedge your bets, then uh, you end up looking right with something. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going Packers Bills. There we go. People would have thought you were mad if you'd gone for Bucks uh, last year. So uh, I'm going out on that limb. Do you think the Packers have like addressed the problem? Though, the reason why they haven't got there past two years defensively. Not well, I know Joe got Barry. A new coordinator in, yeah, but I played for Joe Barry. Oh yeah. Uh, would you like to give us some insight? No. <laughs> oh, now I don't feel so confident about him. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I'm going to just deal with your pick. Yeah, it's fine. I'm happy with it. I'm no, happy so you, with it. You made it. You made the pick now, and then the next episode, I will give you my assessment of Joe Barry. Oh, nice. Okay. Good tease. Good tease. Uh, before stuck. before we wrap up, because this has been much more of a season preview. What specifically are you looking forward to seeing in week one? Pick me a game, pick me a team, pick me a player. Just like what is going to have you absolutely locked on this weekend yeah, to see I how they do? Yeah, Good I or bad? I previewed it a little bit. I previewed it a little bit with uh, I'm excited to see the, the Browns. Um, on paper, they're just, I think, ridiculous all across the board. And so I'm excited to see what the Browns do. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about Jets Panthers, obviously, watching Browns Chiefs. I'm really excited. Dolphins Patriots, I think, two former Alabama quarterbacks, two are Matt Jones. I'm excited to see what Josh McDaniels does with Matt Jones and that offense. Two, it needs a really key first few weeks in terms of those are Sean Watson trade rumors have kind of died down. But, you know, if they don't start winning games early on, I can see that kind of escalating again. And, you know, Flores versus Belichick, two absolute masters of their craft. I'm excited to see what those guys come up with coming off a long off season. So that should be a good game as well. 
I am looking forward to seeing the San Francisco. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, actually, the Niners couldn't have much of a better team than getting to play a, a decimated Lions side if they have got to go to the, on the road week one. Uh, it's a really boring one uh, to pick. In fact, no, it's a frustrating one because Sunday night football, I'm really excited to see the Los Angeles Rams. I'm really excited to see what they do with Matt Stafford. I'm really excited to see what that team looks like. I really wish they were playing with Justin Fields on the other side of the ball. I don't understand why Chicago are faffing around. We all know Andy Dalton's not the answer. Well, we'll talk about that on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in that game? Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm, you know, Sunday night football is going to be one of those that I definitely stay up for this week. In my new job where I do have to wear blazers, I can't stay up for every game this season, which I've done the last few years, which is a little bit devastating. But I am going to try and watch at least the first half tonight. So uh, we will report back on the Gridiron socials at Gridiron uh, on uh, Twitter at UK Gridiron on Instagram. Will, where will people see you this weekend? Obviously on Sky on Sunday night. On Sky, yes. You will see me there on Sky. Also, follow me at Will Blackman, and I have a new show coming out today called Upsets and Underdogs. You can find it on all streaming podcast services. Um, yeah, that's the, my new announcement. I signed a deal with the Wynn Hotel in Vegas and Blue Wire Pod. So, yeah. Doing a look, little, look, little, look little sports book podcast. You know, yeah, a little, little sports betting. You know what I mean? Uh, what will uh, what will I get on uh, the Seahawks not making playoffs? Then? I'm not and at that point, we're gonna <laughs> uh, we will leave it there. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Uh, really good fun. Hopefully, you guys are happy to see the return. Uh, check out the the Gridiron season preview if you've not got it. It's not just applicable to Week One, and it's a, another brilliant one as always. Um, it's well worth. Noting as well. Yeah, lovely. Beautifully displayed really in the good. background if you're watching the video version. Uh, the tiny sat on Liam's hand, but I promise they're not that small in real life. I'm uh, just and, massive. And whilst he's off this week because it's his birthday, uh, Ollie Hunter will be returning this year as well. So you think my picks are irreverent and nonsense, Will Blackburn? Just wait until you hear that much smaller ginger man make his choices. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening and watching. This has been The Gridiron Show. How's the second preseason in uh, in Indianapolis going for you? It's been pretty good. Yeah, the, um, you know, being able to actually have preseason games this year, you know what I mean? Uh, it's been it's been very uh, vital and crucial for the team. So um, it's it's been it's been a good camp. I, I guess that's weird for you personally because I said second, but it's kind of almost like your first with the way you came in last year. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like last year we did more, you know, team scrimmages in the, in the stadium to make it kind of game like. And it still wasn't the same, you know, but um, being able to have I'm, I only got three reps, you know, um, in the second preseason game. But I mean, just being able to get into the game flow, you know what I mean? And being out there and feeling the game pace again, you know what I mean? I'm at, yeah, I'm going into my sixth year. But, you know, when you haven't been out there and in a couple months, you know, it's you definitely got to get used to that game pace again. So it's, it's been nice. I have to say, like, I'm not just saying this because you're here, but you made it look that transition to a new team looked pretty easy last year, considering that, you know, you were first time at a new team since coming in as a rookie in San Francisco with everything that happened with COVID with no preseason. Like how on earth did you manage to make that transition? Yeah, I just, I put on a lot of work in the off season. Um, you know, uh, after making, um, you know, after getting that big contract and, you know, getting traded to a new team, I mean, I, I felt like a rookie all over again. One, being at a, on a new team, having to prove myself, you know, to, to my teammates, the organization. And also I wanted to, you know, I didn't, 
I wanted to make sure that the organization knew what they invested in. You know what I mean? I wanted, you know, they, they, they believed in me, you know, by, by paying me and bringing me here. And I just wanted to give them everything I have. And, you know, that's, that's year in and year out. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that, you know, they knew that it wasn't, it wasn't a mistake. And I know we're going kind of a little bit career retrospective here, but you know, most players that get traded, it's either because they're unhappy where they are, or maybe they're a, a veteran in a struggling team moving to a contender. But you know, you went from a a, a Super Bowl squad to uh, to being traded. How was that for you? Was it a shock when you kind of found out that was what was going to be going down? Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, um, with with everything, I mean, I, I invested a lot of myself into you know the Niner organization, and um, you know what I mean. It, it just came to a point where you know. Um, I mean, the business side of things just didn't add up, you know, for, for both sides. And um, we had to part ways, unfortunately, um, you know, uh, and at the time, you know, I was really focusing on my, you know, uh, my family, uh, my, my, my son, my wife was pregnant with our, with our son, our firstborn. And, uh, you know, I was looking at, a, you know, the long term, you know what I mean, and everything. And, you know, I just, I mean, ultimately the beneficial thing for, for my family and myself was, you know, to, you know, build a, you know, build our family out here in Indianapolis. And I mean, that's what happened. And honestly, I'm, I'm very happy with how everything turned out. I mean, I, I love this organization. It's, it's definitely a first class organization. The culture from top to bottom um, is amazing. So I'm very happy. Tell me a little bit about coach Matt Eberflus. Yeah, Flus is, you know, he's a, he's a great defensive coordinator, one, um, you know, great person, too. And also, I mean, just like the, you know, he demands a lot, you know, to play in this defense. Um, you know, uh, it's it's all about effort. You know, um, you know, we, we track loafs, you know, when you're running to the ball, if guys aren't running to the ball. I mean, it, it takes a lot, um, you know, it, t- it takes a special, you know, uh, player, you know, on all phases, you know, all three phases of the defense to, to really play in this defense. And, you know, he, he really preaches on it. He believes in it and I believe in it. And that's another reason why I was happy to come here because, you know, the, the type of ball that they play is my style of ball. You know, um, it's, you know, every, every play, you're giving it all, every play you have, you know, your, the effort, you know, the accountability, um, you know, to, to hold each other accountable by, by tracking guys that, that aren't, you know, running to the ball or little, just the little things. Um, that's what I love about his coaching style. And, you know, he, he's always trying to put his players in position to win. DeForest, really appreciate your time, really do. And uh, I'm going to be rooting for you all year, except when you play your former team, because uh, I have to be honest about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, no, I appreciate you for having me. Thank you. No, you're a great man. Thank you so much. And uh, have a good season, sir.